Amen. Well, hallelujah. We do give God all the glory and all the honor. And I just want to thank everyone. I know y'all prayed for me when I was in Oklahoma. And I appreciate your love, your prayers, and your support. It was an awesome time. So y'all may be seated. Praise God. You know, before I went to um, Tulsa, Broken Arrow, for Kindle the Flame, I had the opportunity to preach at my brother's church in Pawnee, Oklahoma, where I grew up. And it was such a cool experience. They had all the youth come in. They had like 25 youth there that night. And I kept I'm preaching along and I keep looking at the youth and I'm like, oh, that's my great niece. Oh, there's another great niece. And you're my great nephew. And I mean, and then I, my brother, my younger brother was there and his family, two kids and their kids. And I just kept seeing relatives all over the place. So then at the end of the service, I said, if you're related to me, would you just come up here and we want to take a picture? There were 29 people there that were related to me. It's so cool. Anyway, yeah, it's bigger than a lot of churches and they were all related. But it was an awesome experience. But then we went down to Tulsa, of course, and uh, some of you ladies that were here for our spring, ladies' spring brunch. How many of you were here in May for that? Okay, a few of you. Oh, Pete. That's right. PT was here. <laughs> he comes for the food. What can we say? But anyway, so God, I don't know if he has these things happen to me. And because I'm a preacher, I see sermons in a lot of things that happen. And I think that's a good thing because we want to be practical in life. And we want to illustrate things that people can relate to. So that at that brunch... That day, um, it, I had got this new, little cute little new outfit, and it needed red shoes. Well, I had a pair of red shoes that I was going to wear, but when I went to put them on that morning, they didn't feel good. I can't really wear heels, and so I was like, no way can I preach in these. So I start digging around in the back of my closet. Has anybody ever gone shopping in your own closet? And you're like, whoa, I haven't seen that for years. So anyway, <laughs> I found this pair of red shoes that I probably hadn't worn for 10 years. And they are, they said soft sole by aerosol. So I thought, well, that's going to work. That's going to feel comfortable. So I put them on. I'm like, yeah, that that's good. Well, as we get to church, of course, we have our, our little breakfast first. And then we go upstairs. I go upstairs and, and my lovely assistant, Jane, is going to help me put on the mic. And my carpet in my office, it's, it's lighter than this. It's light. And as I'm walking around up there praying, I'm looking down on the floor and I'm like, Jane, there's chunks of black stuff all over the carpet. And now, you know, she's trying to figure out where it's coming from. We're looking like, what is going on here? And then as I'm walking around, Jane has the revelation, pastor, it's you. You're leaving the trail of black junk all over the floor. You know, sometimes, there's a little side thought, sometimes it's easy to blame other people for a mess that maybe we caused in our own lives. We need to kind of look at ourselves and say, Lord, am I responsible for some of this? Do I need to, to repent or clean something up? So anyway, we discovered that my shoe, the sole of my shoe, was literally falling apart. It was really a soft sole. So I want to show you this picture up there. We have it, this picture of my shoe. So you can see this. 
And this is what I shared at Kindle the Flame. I titled my message, Are You Cracked or Are You Intact? So, the one, you can see, you know, my fat little feet, they look fat there, but my fat little feet kind of fit into the shoe. You can't see anything on the top of the shoe, right? It looks normal. But the other side, by the time that the day ended, my shoes looked like that. They had completely crumbled apart. So as we are trying to figure out what we're going to do about me preaching in the soul, in these shoes that are crumbling, Pastor Nancy comes in. She's like, let me help. I'll give you my shoes. She tried to give me her shoes. They didn't fit. And you know, there's a lesson in there. You can't take somebody else's healthy soul. You got to get your own healthy soul to stand on. So it didn't work. You can take the picture down now, guys. Or no, no, actually. So, so Pastor Nancy's all, oh man, I wish I could give you this. But she could not give me her healthy soul. So Jane and I have this idea. Well, I'm going to have to preach in these shoes. So we took, and you can see, we took scotch tape. And we taped scotch tape all to the bottom of the soul. I mean, not, not literally, were, they weren't just crumbling. They were, there was a big crack in both of them. And so I come downstairs with scotch tape all over the bottom of my shoe. And I start preaching. And as you can see, I don't stand still. And as I'm moving, I'm like, my foot starts sticking to the carpet because of all the tape. And so there's another message in that. It is pretty hilarious. So this is the thing that we have to learn about this today. And this was my message. Oh, you can take that down now. You can't leave a shoe on a shelf for 10 years and expect it to remain the same. You can't, that is the soul of a shoe. But you can't leave your mind, your soul, your will, and emotions. You can't put it on a shelf and do nothing with it. And expect that it's not going to crumble under the weight of life. Things might look like, people may look at you and say, Oh, you look normal. You look healthy. Oh, you act normal. But... If the integrity of your soul is compromised, just like my shoe, it's going to crumble under pressure. And if you try to just scotch tape it and put a bandage over issues that need to be dealt with, it's going to cause things to stick to you that shouldn't stick to you. So how do we get a healthy Soul. Well, I'm glad you asked. Y'all want to know? Again, this is my title. Are you cracked or are you intact? Well, the Bible gives us references to how important it is not to be cracked. Our spiritual father, uh, Kenneth E. Hagin, he used to preach a sermon called uh, Empty Cistern's or, or full reservoirs. And I just want to start with this scripture. It's found in Jeremiah 2.13 in the NLT. And it says this. For my people have done two evils. They have abandoned me, 
the fountain of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. A cracked pot. I'm not calling anybody in here a cracked pot. But a cracked pot can hold no water. Even if it's a tiny little crack and it's hardly visible. I've had this happen with like a a little glass bowl. There might be a tiny little crack in there and I don't even really see it. But if you put it under pressure, if you put it in a microwave with a crack in it, what are you going to happen? Liquid's going to spill. Things are going to leak out of it. Even if it's a slow leak, it will eventually Run the pot. Unresolved issues in our life can cause us to be cracked under pressure. So how do we deal with our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions? All of us in here, I'm sure, know this, but let me just reiterate. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, May the God of peace sanctify you wholly, your spirit... That's our inner man, created in the likeness and image of God. Your soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and our body. So we are three parts, aren't we? We're created in His likeness and in His image. And when we get born again, what happens to us? Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, out of the Amplified, I really like this version. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature, all together, the old, previous, Moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. How many in here today are brand new creations in Christ Jesus? Aren't you thankful that the old is passed away? And in Him you have been made brand new. When we get born again, our spirit is not refurbished or remodeled. The old previous spiritual condition is completely passed away. And we become brand new in Him. Talk about a fresh new start in life. A new lease in life. Spirit becomes brand new. But we still have our body to deal with. We still have our mind that's going to want to think like it used to think. Your body. I heard a, again a minister say this when you get born again. If you had red hair before you got born again, your hair is not going to change colors when you become a new creation in Christ Jesus. And even though when you get born again, many people say things like, oh, a burden just lifted off of me. I just felt like a ton of weight lifted off of my shoulders. Anyone experience that when you became a Christian? But you know what? Just because you felt like a ton of weight lifted off of your shoulders, you can go home and step on the scales and bummer. You know, you're going to weigh the same. 
Because your body is going to still be the same. And your mind has to go through a process called renewal. Where we start thinking God thoughts. And we start thinking in line with the word of God. To have a healthy soul that doesn't crack under pressure. We got to get the word of God in our minds, in our hearts. So we think like he thinks. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Out of the New King James, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. We got to do something with our bodies. Our body is the temple of the living God. And we ought to care what we put in our body. We ought to care how we treat our body. We only got one that when it's done, we're done here in this earth. So we need to take good care of the temple of the living God. Present it unto him a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then verse 2 tells us this. And don't be conformed to this world, but do be transformed. How's this transformation going to happen? By the renewing of our mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love that word there. Be transformed. When our boys were still in school, oftentimes I had to do, well, I shouldn't have done it, but I seriously had to help with their science projects. So I was always looking for an easy thing. And so one time I ordered this kit where there was going to be like three caterpillars. And you know what? And, and how the, they turned into a butterfly. A caterpillar looks really similar to a worm. And did you know that the devil is a master at bringing up our past and trying to get you to think that you are an unworthy worm? I've heard that term growing up in the church. So many Christians thought they were being humble by saying, well, I'm just an unworthy worm. No, you're not. When you receive Jesus, there is a transformation that happens. And even though you might have felt like an unworthy worm, when you receive him, you are transformed into a beautiful, brand new creation that happens in our spirit. But what we have to do is the other part renew our mind to who he says we are. And he says, renew your mind, not remove your mind. When we get born again, we don't lose our common sense. We don't lose our brain. Our theme song shouldn't be like the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. If I only had a brain. There's no such a thing as being stupid for Jesus. Use your brain. Use what he's given us. But don't think like the world thinks anymore. We should excel above what the world is doing. How they operate. How they function. Because we got the mind of Christ. Amen. I looked up this word renew. And it's actually I found this in the spirit filled Bible. I'm going to read this. I love this. Renew implies a restoration 
to freshness or the original state. It intimates the potential of God's redemptive power to reinstate features of God's original intention for humanity and the recovery of the human mind and soul as designed before the fall. Woo! Think about that. God didn't create any of us to be dummies. He says when we get our mind renewed, it's like God's wanting to restore to us that original state in which we were created. Think about Adam. He was so smart. He was so full of intelligence and the wisdom of God that God didn't tell him what the names of the animals were. He said, they're going to march before you. You name them. How in the world did he come up with the name giraffe or hippopotamus? I don't know. But he was so, his intelligence was so expanded that he had the ability. He just looked at them and said, you're a giraffe. He just looked at them and it flowed out of him. When we get born again, we have the ability on the inside of us to even increase our intelligence, our very own Pastor Mark, he uses this illustration about himself. Was that when you were a senior in high school that his report card read four F's and one D minus? And the D minus was re- in religion. So there must have been hope that someday he was going to know the word of God. But then the rest of the story, after he got born again, he entered into college again. And I just asked him the other day, because I didn't want to exaggerate. He said he had all A's and B's on his report card. Now, he never was a dummy. He just wasn't applying himself. But when you get the life of God on the inside of you, it ought to change something on the outside. It ought to increase our intelligence, regardless of what you look like, regardless of where you came from or your background. We got the life of God working on the inside of us. Years ago, I was down visiting. At that time, we only had one granddaughter, Olivia. She was about four, I think. And I took her somewhere and uh, I was able to get the stroller down, but I couldn't get the stroller folded back up. I was having so much trouble with this stroller. When when our boys were little, I mean, you know, it was just a, might have been old fashioned, but it wasn't all these bells and whistles. So I'm like, seriously, I can't get this stroller down. And Olivia looks at me. And back then I had all blonde hair. It's been a miracle, but it grows in multicolor now. But anyway, (laughs) it is a miracle. A miracle that costs money, but it keeps on giving. Anyway. So she looks at me, four years old, and she's concerned that I can't fold her stroller. And she says, Grammy, you don't know everything because you don't have black hair. What? 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 My first reaction was, well, actually. But, you know, how do you explain that to a four-year-old? So I'm like, oh, my granddaughter doesn't think I'm very smart because I don't have black hair. 
So some young man came along and helped me get the folder. I mean, the folder, the stroller folded. So when we get home, I'm like, okay, John, this is what your daughter said to me. And apparently, she thinks Grammy is not smart because I have blonde hair. So he told me what happened in preschool. A lot of her little friends had blonde hair. And you know, kids can be so mean. I find that. But anyway, a lot of her little friends had blonde hair. And one of them said something ugly to her about her hair not being pretty like their hair. And so John, being the good dad that he is, John and Lindy, they all have dark hair and their, their family take after pastor over there, I guess. But he came up with this. He said, oh, honey, it, that doesn't matter that you don't have blonde hair. He said, people with black hair are really smart. So she discerned from that that Grammy wasn't all that, I guess. <laughs> But regardless of what color our hair is, or what color our skin is, or the background that we come from, or the education that we do or don't have, you and I, hallelujah, we can think God thoughts. He's given us his mind. He's given us his wisdom. And he's not hiding his wisdom from us. He's hiding it for us. Hallelujah. The Bible says Jesus has been made unto me the wisdom of God. If you face a situation and in the natural you don't know how to fix it or you don't know what to do, even on your job, you can excel above all others. If a problem comes up, you don't have to stand up and go, I'm going to get the wisdom of God. But under your breath, you can just say, I got the mind of Christ. The wisdom of God is formed within me. He shows me exactly what to do in this situation. We should be excelling in every area of life. The Bible makes it clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But read this last part with me. 2 Corinthians 2, 16. But we have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. We don't have to live by a lower standard. We've got wisdom from above. And it's in here. And we can pull it up. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Speaking and declaring the word can make that wisdom fruitful to our minds. Amen. Everybody say this with me. I have the mind of Christ. And the wisdom of God is formed within me. I'm quick. I'm sharp. I'm good looking. I'm a major blessing. My mind is not cracking. I'm not falling apart at the seams. Maybe you've said that. Maybe you've heard people say that. Ah, so much pressure. So much stress. I feel like I'm falling apart at the seams. Just like my shoe was falling apart at the seams. No, we got the glue that holds us together. And his name is Jesus. We got the wisdom of God that is formed within us. So we're going to renew our mind to what the Bible says. And then there's another thing that I want to talk about that will help us not crack under pressure. 
And that is this. We have to stay oiled up. Stay oiled up. We have a couple of leather couches in our home. And when you buy leather, they give you this little kit. You got to clean it. Then you got to condition it with this oil. And if you don't condition it with this oil, you know what happens to it over the process of time? Starts getting little cracks on it. So you have to keep it nice and soft and pliable with the oil. You know what? How about a scar, perhaps? I have two scars on both of my knees, which my knees are good. Woo-hoo-hoo. Hallelujah. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall, and I give God glory for it. But I still see those little scars. And every day, I continue to rub oil on these knees because I want those scars to fade. And I want those knees to be soft and pliable. If we need to do that in the natural, we need to stay oiled up in our spirit and in our mind. The Bible refers to the Holy Ghost as oil. And it also calls, calls joy oil. In, in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. Again out of the New King James. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. That sounds like turning a worm into a beautiful butterfly. Transformation. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he may be glorified. Applying oil to a scar is not a one time deal. If you want it to fade, it's got to be a continual, regular process. Staying full of the oil of joy. It requires continuous refillings. Why is that? Remember when you first got saved? He says he's going to give you the oil of joy. Did you get some joy when you got Jesus? Well, of course we did. He's the sorrow and mourning flees away and we get the oil of joy. But let's face it. We live in a world that will cause us to leak. You can get full of the word and full of the spirit and full of the joy of the Lord on Sunday, which we do. Thank God for good worship and and good word. We come into his presence and we are revived and we are renewed and we are restored and we get refilled. But when we go out and deal with something called life and the issues that everybody of us has to face by virtue of being in this world. It can cause this wonderful oil of joy to leak out of us. We can get cracked by by something that somebody says or did to us. And we can just kind of sense that oil draining out of our lives. I think that's why the psalmist David said over in Psalms 51 verse 12. He said, restore. Everybody say restore. Restore unto me 
the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Hallelujah. He wants to keep us full of joy, but it's really up to us to let there be that restoration. We all know that joy is a spiritual force. Nehemiah 8.10, just the last part of that verse says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is not based on a feeling. It's not based on what's going on around us. It is a spiritual force. And he said it is our strength. I found this, in, in, and we don't have this translation, so just listen to this. It's a, a, an, of Nehemiah 8.10. Let there be no grief in your hearts. For the joy of the Lord is your, listen to this, strong place. Strong place. You may have a happy place. I can boldly tell you that my happy place is not Disneyland. And for some people, it is. I have a happy place and it's in Jesus. It's in his presence. But we should also have a strong place. The joy of the Lord is our strong place. And it comes from hanging out with Jesus you all are familiar with this verse, Psalm 1611. It says this, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. His presence is a place of joy. And you never leave that place feeling worse. You've ne- you can't hang out with Jesus and be bummed out. You can't spend an hour just fellowshipping with him, just worshiping him, and then leave his presence and say, Ugh, I feel terrible. What a waste of time. And start singing, he hath made me sad. He hath made me sad. No, in his presence is fullness of joy. If we've been hanging out with him, it's going to show up in us, on us, and through us. I love this scripture in Psalms. It says this, it says, those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. Radiant with joy. I'm all for any cream or product that will help me get that youthful glow back. And I know a few years ago, man, pastor was like, you're spending a lot of money on cosmetics. That's when I was in my 50s. You can just imagine now that I'm 65. But anyway... The thought came to me, well, you know what? I'm older now and I've had to move to industrial strength. So, you know, let's just believe God. Just get in faith with me. We've got to believe God. Anyway, <laughs> I'm all for what can make our faces radiant, if there is such a thing, in the natural. But there's nothing that can compare to Him. To the sunshine. Let the sun, the S-O-N, 
shine on you and shine through you. And he'll make you radiant. Hallelujah. And people will notice when we've been hanging out with him, they will notice. Hallelujah. Well, let me just ask you this question. Where do you think it, the biggest attack comes trying to steal our joy? Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your wife. We're not talking about a person. One of the major places that that attack comes and tries to rob us of our joy starts with thoughts. Starts with a crack in your soul. That situation's never going to change. Your kids aren't ever going to serve Jesus. You just don't measure up. You're not getting your healing this time. You know the money won't be there to pay all of your bills. You're not going to make it. Those are cracks that try to come into our soul. But we don't have to yield to those. The prophet Isaiah said this. So the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their where heads they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away these attacks are coming in your mind to rob you of that joy that belongs to us so if you have to just take your bible and put it on your head and say I got everlasting joy on my head and I'm just going to pour from the word of God today the oil of joy right here out of the word see this devil the oil of joy is pouring down on my head and it's everlasting it's enduring it's eternal it's continuing it's never going to run out his love his mercy His compassion has no end. His love is never going to run out. His joy is not going to come to an end. It's not temporary. It's not dependent upon situations and circumstances. The biggest battleground to getting your soul to crack. It's going to be thoughts of the enemy. We already talked about renew your mind, but don't leave out the oil. Pour the oil of joy on yourself. Continuously everlasting joy shall be on their heads. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We're going to stop right there. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you. We thank you for the joy of the Lord. That is our strength. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the anointing. Oh, just like when someone was about to be king, they poured the anointing oil upon them and it symbolized woo, the anointing the anointing the anointing is coming upon them for the plan and the purpose for which they are called everybody stand up and that's that same anointing is here today some of you may have come in here today a little bit like my shoes about to fall apart at the seams. You've been bombarded 
with negative thoughts. Yesterday morning as I was praying about the service, I saw us doing this. There's nothing magic in this oil. But this oil can symbolize. I'm not thinking those thoughts anymore. I'm not going to live in that land of sorrow. I'm not going to live in that land where I feel like nothing's going to change. I'm going to receive the anointing today. The Bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And when I was when I was preaching this at Kindle the Flame, of course it came out a lot different there, but this is a from a pastoral viewpoint. But when I was preaching under the unction of the Holy Spirit, the Lord spoke this and he said, Some of you need to change locations. You've been living on Sad Street and you need to move to Happy Place. And as a symbol that you're going to make a location change in your thinking, you need to make a move. And God had all these ladies before I could hardly get it out. I got some witnesses here. Indiana was there. People started running to the front, making a declaration that I'm changing locations. I'm moving out of sad street into happy place. My soul is going to be whole in the name of Jesus. The anointing, maketh me whole. And right now, I just sense we're supposed to do the same thing here, but we're going to lay hands on people.